Well, shalom. Always, always a blessing and a joy for us to be here with you. And I want to thank you so, so much, Pastor Jeremy, for all of you, for really for your long, uh, faithful and generous standing with us. It really, really means a lot to us and a great, great, uh, makes a great significance uh, in our ministry, in our ability to do what, what we are doing in Israel now. And so again, thank you so, so much. It's, uh, it's, it's really a joy. And, um, and we'll share with you a little bit about what God is doing through you again uh, a little later. And today I'd like to share with you of uh, God's heart, heart for the nations. And I know it might not look like this today, but the Bible very clearly teaches us that uh, God set apart Israel to be a kingdom of priests and a light to the nations. Her, Israel's calling and purpose was actually to show the whole world, the entire world, who the one true God is. And so, in, in other words, God called Israel, I would say, to be a nation of missionaries, right? And again, it, it doesn't look like this today, but again, through, through, our inter, through Israel's interaction with God, all the people of the world would know and would come to, to love and, and worship the one true God. So now, if you were to, uh, to do a, um, uh, a word study, a word, uh, word search, or, uh, yeah, word search on the word aliens, or nations, you will see that Israel was actually commanded to treat the aliens as with the utmost justice, respect, love. Uh, they were, they were, uh, sup- were to be supplied with food and uh, clothing along with orphans and widows, right? Uh, they were to give portion of the tithing of, of Israel. They were to give even portion of the land along as an inheritance along with the tribe where they reside. And if we don't do that, there is a special, uh, a specific uh, instruction. That if we don't do that, Israel will be cursed. So just to show you the importance, the importance that God saw of, of Israel treating the aliens, the nations all around them. Now there is so much fighting, and if you're following a little bit of the, the news that's happening today, you will see this just in the last uh, couple of days, where like 600 rockets were shot into Israel from the Gaza, mostly from the Gaza Strip. So uh, again, so much fighting over this little piece of land. And I think this is because the land actually represents God's covenant with Abraham back in Genesis 12, 15, somewhere there, and both. Uh, and yet, I believe that if all the enemies of Israel would come to know and come to love and come to accept Jesus as the Lord and the Savior, they themselves would be included in the family of God. Right? Remarkable. What a, what a merciful God we have. And that, I believe that was always God's plan from the very beginning for all the nations to come and know and, and, and worship the one, one true God. And of course, he used Israel to accomplish that. Now, many times I, I, I would say Israel was chosen. Many people you say Israel was chosen. You were the chosen people. And maybe many times that I, I come to churches or in, wherever I meet people who are not Jewish, there's some kind of a great, in many cases, a great admiration 
or almost kind of tend to lift. Oh, you are the chosen people, you're the chosen people. And I tell them, I used to, I, I like to, I don't know, sometimes I feel even a sense of inferiority. When I, tell, I always tell them, you know, Israel was not chosen because they're better than anybody else. They were not chosen because they were smarter than anybody else. They were chosen for a specific purpose. Again, that through us, all the nations around us would know who the one true God is. Many times I, give, I, tell them, I give them an example. If, look, if I want to give Bimini uh, a gift, and if I'm far away, and I need to send, I cannot give in person, so I need to send a, a messenger. And I say, here, this is a gift for my wife. Go give it to her. Who's... Who's more in my heart, the, the receiver of the gift, in this case my wife, or the deliverer of the gift? It's very clear that the receiver of the gift is more on my heart than even the, 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 the deliverer, the messenger. Now, in this, I understand this is not, Israel was not simply a messenger, or it is a simple messenger, but it was not as simple. They would have to be prepared and, and uh, kind of um, trained and... Uh, so it's not as simple, but just so you know that God's heart is for the nation as it is for, for Israel. And uh, I, I, that, that's why I always start, try to, uh, to emphasize to people to never have this sense of inferiority or superiority for the Jews or inferiority for the, for the non-Jews. And uh, so that's, that's uh, now in addition, God showed his love, wanted to show his love for all nations by sending uh, jo- the, the, the prophet Jonah into the people of Nineveh, uh, clearly a non-Jewish uh, city. And to, again, to warn them that uh, because of the evil ways that God is about to turn the city over. And uh, so let's take a look at this account to try to uh, reflect of God's heart for the nations. And again, not just for the people of Israel, but all nations. We know that, again, the Bible tells us that God has no favorites, right? No. So first, let me give you a little brief um, uh, introductory or uh, background to the book of Jonah, which is dated to about 760 B.C. And you most likely all know, even as children, you all know this beautiful story of Jonah being trapped in the, in the belly of a big fish for three days. But let's see if we can glean some more, some more truth from that, uh, um, from that account. And uh, now, the name Jonah means dove. And uh, we know that in, in Hebrew, the names throughout the Bible actually many times reflect purpose, God's purpose for that person or that person's uh, character. And uh, we know that uh, uh, jo- uh, Jonah, Dove, represent peace, right? Now we also know that, uh, according to Second King, that Jonah was not, a, not only a real person, but he was actually an accredited prophet from Gat uh, Hefer, if it means anything to you, near Nazareth, some 60 miles uh, north of uh, Jaffa. Now, Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, where God sent uh, Jonah to, is an ancient city. It was actually the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Now, the Assyrian Empire was a, a mighty empire and was in... Um, was dominated the ancient uh, world, biblical world, 
from the 9th to the 7th century BC. And the city is, was rooted in, in rebel, in, in evil ways, in evil, um, in, in rebellion, I would say, since its foundation by a person named Nimrod, which its name, his name, uh, means actually rebel. Again, speaking of, you can see the, speaking of the meaning of names in Hebrew, Nimrod means rebel, and we know that he is also the one who actually founded uh, the Tower of or, started the building of the Tower of Babel, right? Again, leading the whole world into rebellion against God. Now, Nineveh was a, a city, a huge city, some say 60 miles wide, with about 600 to 750,000 uh, people in it, uh, who were actually brutal and vicious uh, warriors. They were known enemies of Israel. So this was actually a very uh, dangerous uh, mission for, for Jonah, right? It, if you know that your enemies are so vicious and so uh, cruel, you would, you would think twice before you go there. Even God, uh, even though uh, God sent them, they were known actually to skin their, their enemies, the prisoners, alive, among other, I won't, uh, <laughs> I won't get too many details, among some other gruesome acts of, of war. So again, it's no wonder that Jonah did not just simply seize the opportunity to go to Nineveh happily, uh, and, but instead he flee, uh, 2,000, take a, take a boat, uh, 2,000 miles uh, in the opposite direction to the city of Tarshish or Tarsus. Uh, so let's, again, let's read, and I'll invite Bime to read that account for us from Jonah uh, chapter 1. Verses 1 through 17. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind in the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went up to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. 
I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you please. <clears throat> then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So we see that the sailors asked Jonah, what should we do again to make the sea calm again? And Jonah replied, Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will be calm again. And it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. So again, we see that they did not want to throw Jonah into the sea. They even uh, tried to do the best to... Uh, uh, roll back to shore. Of course, they couldn't because of the, the great storm. And they cried to God, please don't let us kill this innocent man. So you can see that even before God actually uh, calmed the sea, there is already a measure of faith or even fear of the, the God of Israel uh, in, among the sailors. And then also, if you can see uh, that before Jonah actually was willing to be, or tell them to, um, no, after Jonah actually told them to throw him in, into the sea, but before they actually threw him, you can see, and then there's no, I don't think there was any big fish inside, so I'm sure it was for, for both the sailors and for Jonah, that was a sure uh, death sentence, right? So, and yet, uh, I, can, I can see that, you can see that Jonah actually will, is, is willing to be thrown himself to the, to the sea, to the, again, to, uh, to appease God, to basically take responsibility, even though he's running away from God, and he's willing to, again, take this act, I would say selfless act, and just to appease God and to save the other people. And then you can see that uh, after the sailors witnessed God's uh, omnipotent power and calming the sea, and then you can see they actually all came to faith and repented and actually offering sacrifice for, for the Lord. And again, all glory be to God, but again, Jonah was a successful prophet. Again, bringing, remember that I told you that the, the purpose is to bring all people. And here Jonah was a I can say a successful prophet bringing at least those sailors to understand who that one God is. Amen? Amen. And I can, I can say, and I personally think, again, that Jonah, with all his weakness, uh, displayed a mighty act of uh, selflessness here. And truthfully, if we ever are faced with this uh, predicament, would we be willing to give our lives or to lay our life uh, for others? And just, just a thought. And then in chapter 2, we see Jonah's humble prayer to God. And imagine, again, being held in the, in the belly of a big fish uh, for three days. 
And again, in his, in his prayer, he does express a hope or a belief that God somehow will get him out of there. And uh, again, it's, uh, by the way, these three days actually mentioned by Jesus in, uh, in Matthew 12 as, again, like, liken it to his um, death and resurrection after, after three days. And then by chapter 3, the Lord commissioned Jonah a second time. And this time, of course, Jonah, is, um, uh, Jonah obeyed. And who wouldn't obey after such an experience? And, uh, and, um, and of course, uh, and we, we know that, no, I can't say we know because it doesn't tell us, but who knows, maybe Jonah actually uh, obeyed in a kind of half-heartedly. Um, and we, we don't know that yet, but this we do know that Jonah preached with but a few words. He said, he didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't even call them to repentance. But he says, um, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all he said. And again, God in his mercy uh, touched the heart of the people of Nineveh, who all, again, believed and repented, including actually the, including actually the king, who again uh, put a clothed himself with sackcloth and, and ashes and decreed a great time of fasting that all, everybody has to fast and put him on himself uh, sackcloth and, and ashes. Even, imagine, even the animals had to be restrained from, from uh, food and water. And again, a great sign of, of uh, sorrow and repentance. And verse, tell, verse 10 tells us, uh, when God saw that they, what, they, what they did, and how they turned uh, from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Again, God graciously granted Jonah success. Again, the same thing, despite of Jonah. And I think this is actually um, uh, show us that regardless of, uh, I would say, God used Jonah in spite of himself, in spite of his weakness and his uh, uh, um, lack of desire to see the, the, uh, the Ninevites be saved, being saved. So again, he himself, uh, Jonah, uh, was used. And I think uh, it can give us a great, I think in a way it can encourage us, encourage us that God can use us in spite of ourselves, even with all our weaknesses, and our lack of sometime, uh, we don't really want to follow what God is calling us to do. So, and do you remember the, the, the parable in, um, in Matthew 21 of the two sons, when a father sent his two sons to the field, uh, says, go walk in the field. And there was one son that is uh, said, okay, God, I, okay, dad, I will go, and then doesn't go. And the other one said, no, I will not go, and then changes mind and, go, and goes anyway. Well, we don't want to be like any of, these, um, any of these sons. We want to be all, always be able to say yes to God, go right away without even a slight of hesitation. And uh, we want to say, again, we want to immediately obey and, uh, and, and keep, keep, uh, keep our word and go or, or do. Amen? So again, God is... Um, God is Oh, sorry. The question here is, does God calling you to do something that is somewhat, somewhat stretches you, uh, but you kind of hesitate? And if so, what's holding you back 
from again taking God, um, obey immediately and taking grab of God's, the Lord's very best. And again, that's a question for you to uh, think of if there is something that you think God is calling you and you kind of are holding back. And it actually it reminds me when we, uh, we were in the U.S. Uh, at that time, just before we, we moved to Israel, and I've been here already for about maybe uh, 23 years or so. Never really wanted to go back to Israel. Never thought I will go back to Israel. Life were comfortable and, and easier. And I thought to myself, I, that's, but we always love to go visit. And then uh, one day, uh, sitting in Jerusalem, one of those visits, I suddenly heard for the first time, those 23 years, the first time I heard God very clearly telling me, Oded, come back home. And I knew it wasn't me because I had no thought or no plan like this. And I said, and then I, I turned to my wife and I said, honey, did you hear what I heard? And she said, yeah, did you hear what I heard? And she heard the same thing at the same time. My daughter, my child, come home. And well, it took us a little bit to, uh, to kind of confirm. And then we really, we, we followed Again, I, not as fast as maybe we should, uh, but uh, really, it was nothing but God's best ever since. So, uh, now return to the text in John, uh, in, in, I'm sorry, in uh, Jonah uh, 4, chapter 4. Jonah, op- Jonah then prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I, what, what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall by, by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take, my life, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? So again, Jonah didn't want God to have mercy on these people. That's why he ran away. He didn't want them to have, to have mercy on, on Daniel, right? And then the Lord uh, give, always liked to give us a clear object lessons, and so he did with Jonah. If you remember, he sends a, 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 a fast-growing uh, leafy uh, plant to grow. To Jonah is now Jonah at this point kind of sitting and watching what God is, is going to do to Nineveh. Hopefully, God is still going to give it to them. I, uh, that's, I, that's in my mind. I see Jonah kind of hoping. Uh, but again, he sent him a, a quick growing uh, leafy branch or, or bush, and Jonah is very happy about that uh, bush sitting in the, in, the, in the shade. But then the next day, the very next day, he sends a worm to chew this plant and to wither it, along again with a scorching east wind and with a blazing sun. And Jonah again expresses his, his desire to die. He says, uh, But God. Uh, yeah, but God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry uh, about the plant? It is, he said, and I am so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not, turn, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It, appears up, it, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the, for the great city of Nineveh? in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and, who also, and, and also many animals. 
So again, Jonah, I think Jonah cared more about his own uh, comfort and wanted to see really God's judgment against, the, the, against his enemies more than he wanted to see them repent and, um, and be saved. So again, uh, are there things that, uh, that stand in our way, in your way, in my way, uh, between, uh, that, uh, that stand in between, between us and showing uh, God's great love for other people? Well, I, let's put it in other words. Are there people that you rather see judged or, or punished rather than see them repent and, and, uh, and be saved? Again, many times I can see, I can see, I can see myself. Uh, again, just again, in Israel, there's so many, um, I don't know, so many terror attacks, and like now, those this war, people shooting at us, and it took me, I don't know, just it took me to actually to meet some Palestinians in, in, a, in a, on a personal level, to so I will stop and to see how the, the really the, the nice, very nice some of them at least those I met very very nice people. And to see that, to stop judging, stop labeling them with some um, ideas that I had that I grew up with. To again, to to see that actually there are people, and to to desire their salvation, desire their repentance, and come to know who the one true God is. Again, this is God's plan and 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 calling for us to see, even no matter how bad of enemies they are to us, uh, to see again, to see them come and and repent. But returning, to, returning to the uh, people of Nineveh, and you would think that by now the pe- both the, uh, the people of Israel uh, and Jonah would be greatly um, uh, forever memorialized, and even more important, that the God of Israel would be forever worshipped. But unfortunately, uh, uh, and this is also another re- reminder that we are not, um, no, before that, I. Like I said, uh, unfortunately, uh, the Ninevites turned back to the evil ways and, uh, and again, attacked Israel. And again, this is, I think that this is a great reminder that we are not to just uh, share or evangelize or proclaim to people, but we are to really make disciples. I believe that's where real changes, change take place. When, when we go deeper, when we go when we um, speak to people's life. And, uh, and some, again, some uh, 30 years later, uh, Assyria attacked Israel, uh, which eventually led to their uh, captivity and exile. And by the way, this was a direct fulfillment of another of Isaiah's prophecies that, is, that uh, God is going to use uh, Assyria as a rod of his anger. And, but please know that uh, Nineveh uh, also did not uh, um, escape God's judgment and wrath. And uh, some 150 years later, the prophet Nahum uh, prophesied that, again, that they will be judged for their um, evil ways. And that's exactly what happened. And Nineveh's final uh, destruction uh, was carried by the Medes and the Babylonian in the 612 BC. So again, Israel was judged, Judah was judged, uh, uh, Nineveh was judged, and Jesus actually warned us that unless we all come to repent and accept Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we'll be, we all be perished or, or, and judged, right? 
And regarding uh, God's judgment, uh, Isaiah actually speaks, Isaiah 26 says, uh, My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgment comes upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. So even judgment has its purpose. Well, we all yearn for God's kingdom to, to come and to be, again, to be established here. But I think before, there's no way God is going to establish his, uh, his holy and magnificent kingdom here on earth before judging all the wicked and all those who rebel against him and those who harm those who actually follow him. And somebody once said that uh, the only hope for America is a uh, grassroots revival. And I believe this is true for not just for uh, America, true for every other nation on the face of the, of the earth. And so, uh, and we are warned uh, so clearly about, in the, in the book of Revelation, about, this, about God's judgment, which I believe, again, pending and maybe even uh, long past due, overdue. And so again, the question, will we be uh, part of that grassroots revival? Will you be part of this grassroots revival? And we'll share with you soon how, what we are trying to do in Israel to bring that grassroots revival and to bring back Israel to their uh, in, uh, um, initial calling, again, to be a, a light to the nation, a, nation, a kingdom of priests and a light to the nations. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you.